0: Welcome to the Warrior Women Project podcast, helping you become a warrior woman, sort your shit and find better balance in your life. So welcome Mandy, how are you today?
1: I'm really well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me.
0: No, thank you very much for giving me your time to come on to the podcast today. So um, I met Mandy at a... Uh, networking event just last month and when she told me what it was that she was doing I was just like yeah I need to know more about this and everybody needs to know more about this so anything we can do to share what it is that you're doing with your business and the impact that you're making on the world is going to make a difference and help lots and lots of people so why don't you introduce yourself and what it is you do in this world to the listeners
1: oh thanks so much Jen um so I'm Mandy. I have a company called Sense Intimates and it is a, it's a lingerie company specializing in post-surgery lingerie. So I mainly work with women who have been touched by breast cancer and really the sort of premise behind it is just, it's offering a lingerie fitting experience um, at home for women after breast cancer. um, Really, and it's, it's to take the stress out of the whole shopping for lingerie experience. Um, and that basically kind of came about after my mum's experiences with breast cancer. Yeah, um, She was first diagnosed in 2002 and then subsequently in 2017, so just last year. And it's really from her experiences that I just saw there was such a, a lack of kind of caring and service yeah. um, out there for something that is just it's unfortunately so common and so many people are touched by it that there wasn't a, a service out there that was almost adequate enough you know because I thought I just kept thinking that's not good enough for my mum you know and if it's not good for my, enough for my mum then it's not good enough for so many other women and I just didn't think it was right. So I created Sense Intimates and, um, you know, I, I go to women's homes, they're comfortable, they're in their environment. I bring everything to them. They're relaxed, you know, nothing is rushed. Um, and it's not just about, you know, bra fitting. It's, yes, it's important. It's important to be in a to be in well-fitting underwear and to be comfortable, but it's also about kind of teaching them, you know, and giving them information on their options and just sort of almost like educating them Um, because there's so much information out there and what I find is unfortunately it doesn't get filtered down to them and I kind of feel if you don't have that information you're not really empowered Um, and that's what I'm trying to kind of change at the moment. Yeah, so what sort of information would they need to know like in this situation? So information that just really sort of even from the kind of process from kind of after they've had their surgery. So I know every woman's journey is different, but having been through everything with my mum and seeing everything firsthand, you know, and being to nearly every single point with her, I've kind of got a good idea of what happens just from you know getting getting fitted with a temporary prosthesis the kind of timelines, the sort of the impact on your body, um, the options available to them in terms of their prosthesis, um, in terms of their lingerie, um, just sort of what to expect, almost kind of guiding them through that process. So it's more than just a bit of service that you're giving them then?
0: Because you're giving them yes. additional support because I've, I know lots of people... Unfortunately, who've had breast cancer, and everybody that I know firsthand of, it's all male surgeons, yeah. um, and it was just yeah, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, and then send them on their way, and there wasn't yeah. really much other conversation around into that. Yeah, so being able to have you who there, who's got experience from your mum, and be able to offer a bit more because the, the NHS are stretched as it is so they can't offer these kind of services so it's amazing to have somebody like yourself that can then help that but people need to know that you exist
1: yes yes i agree and i think the nhs are amazing you know what they do and i know everybody kind of has their grumbles but when you've been through it and you're just so fortunate to have it but the sad thing is as you say they're so overstretched and i think even the nurses and doctors themselves don't quite have you know they they probably want to have more time with patients and they just can't they can't do it you know to be able to give them all the information that they need and the way I kind of see it is they kind of do their bit in terms of you know like literally saving people's lives but now it's about now that they, they've survived it, it's about quality of life. Now you know they've yep. got their life back, and now how can they live it to the to the maximum? Yep. And that starts with how you can get dressed to feel good about yourself.
0: Yeah. As, as as superficial as that can sound, if you are not comfortable with what you're wearing, how you look, that's going to have an impact on your mental health.
1: Absolutely, and it's it's one of those things I think we kind of take for granted until you know something is such as a simple choice of being able to decide what bra we're gonna wear that day is taken away from us yeah and that's what I'm I'm finding you know a lot of a lot of my clients have they've openly said to me like I never really used to bother about my underwear you know I'd just go here and I could pick up I could go to Asda or I could, you know, go to Debenhams and I could just pick up whatever I wanted. And it was never really, a, I never gave it a second thought. And then all of a sudden, their world is turned upside down and they're having to navigate, you know, this, this whole new world. And a lot of the time, it's, it's so overwhelming and intimidating. And it's, yeah, they kind of just, just having a helping hand there to kind of guide them through the process can just make things so much easier. Um, and less stressful and do you design the underwear
0: like do you design and make the underwear or do you have access to companies that already make underwear I
1: I have access to companies at the moment so in essence I am a retailer Um, the design side of it is something I would love to get into um, kind of slightly further down the line but I know some wonderful people already who are you know kind of designing their own brand at the moment in post-surgery and trying to get off that off the ground so I guess my, the way I kind of see it as my job as a retailer is to support them yeah. and their products as much as possible um, so yeah no I, I don't design at the moment but it was it's certainly something that I would, I would love to do at some yeah, point. Further down the track. Yeah. So what types of special considerations do,
0: would women have when coming to get underwear? Like, I mean, I either wear sports bras or cami tops all the time. I don't really wear any, anything else. So what sort of things would they need to consider?
1: So things like, first of all, the type of surgery that they've had, um, you know, can, can impact... Um, what sort of underwear they can wear? So, for example, um, if a woman has had a mastectomy, then some women choose to wear a prosthesis, um, so that it can give them it gives them that symmetry, um, you know, and gives them that sort of the silhouette back that they had kind of before their surgery. Yep. Um, so that a lot of the time, women will choose to wear a pocketed bra, which is really just, it's generally tends to be a non-wired bra, but inside the cup will have a sort of lining and a pocket for yeah. the prosthesis to go into, and that just kind of makes them, just kind of secures the prosthesis in place. Yeah. Um, but if a woman has had, say, perhaps a lumpectomy, um, and still has most of her breast tissue, then it's perhaps possible for her to wear just sort of a non pocketed just kind of a standard bra. Yeah. Um, but there's just so not only the type of surgery, but perhaps any kind of com, you know, any kind of side effects that they've had. So things like scarring, where's the scar tissue? Yeah. Um. Some women have a lot more extensive scarring than others, and um, that's something that can affect women for years down the line. Yep. So yep. taking that into consideration and the you know kind of where the brassets um the seams how soft is the material is it gonna um, irritate anything any of the skin yeah um and one of the other big things is for me is is style and what I tend to find is in the post-surgery market what I find is a lot of women will go for a fitting and they're maybe only offered two choices because that's the only two available in the shop and that's for me that's not on um it's you know we all wear like we identify with the brands that we buy from and you know we all choose we all have our own styles and i just think that shouldn't be forgotten about if... sorry no that's um, okay <laughs> <laughs> um but that one do not it, that shouldn't be forgotten about. So one of the questions that I ask, um, you know, my clients is, what what do you like? You know, what do you like to wear? What are your styles? Do you like lace? Do you like plain cups? You know, all, what kind of colours do you like? Um, and I take all of that into consideration and I'll, I'll pull together um, a pool of products based on their style preferences. Yes, it's like
0: personal shopping kind of thing. You're, you're, have you have I frozen on your screen? Because you've frozen on mine.
1: No, you haven't frozen, but I've. I don't know what has happened to my screen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe try and switch the camera off and then back on. If you do yeah. stop video, and then switch it back on, because sometimes when it's um, it freezes, it doesn't record the sound properly. So it's just like sort of yeah. we don't. That's you. You are back now. Yes. Sorry that. <laughs> yeah so just in case that bit of sound got a bit warbled it's you have, you are able to bring more styles to people than if they just went into a shop because shops can be pretty limited mm-hmm. for it
1: basically yeah like there's always a chance that a woman could go into a shop and in terms of the kind of the type of bra that they're looking for there may only be two or three styles available when and and that can be that can be quite disheartening you know, to walk into a department store and out of an entire floor of lingerie, you've only got a choice of three styles. And the reality is that there's actually an abundance of styles out there available to them. Yeah, they're just not and just I think, everywhere. Yeah, and I think it's important, you know, that they, they know about that. And I think it's when I've seen the kind of look in some of my clients' faces when I'm like, well, this is these are all your options. And they're like, oh, my goodness, I had no idea you know that this was all out there yeah so um, yeah yeah it must be really
0: rewarding to be able to give that choice to people and give them a bit of normality in their life when when essentially their life is not as it was
1: yeah it definitely is um it really is It's, it's really rewarding and to see to see clients go from you know being uncomfortable and quite self-conscious a lot of the time um you know like constantly kind of having to adjust and is this in the right place to be uncomfortable and confident again and actually feeling like they're putting their best foot forward it's just it's a really really nice thing to see yeah so when did you start doing this stuff so officially I launched last October yep um but It's really, this is something I've been wanting to do for over 10 years. Um, So I guess you could say I've kind of been gathering, you know, like bits and pieces and doing my research over the past sort of 10 years and, um, yeah, of what I've been wanting to do, but officially a year. It's been a roller coaster. (laughs) (laughs) And what was happening before? um before i worked in new product development for hair and beauty products so a bit of a jump um but yeah i used to basically take products from concept to shelf okay. um and i would work with all manner of things from shampoos to fake tan and and hair dye and there's really only so much of that that can float your boat um underwear and lingerie was always my thing yeah
0: and where do, what do you hope going forward? Like, what do you see as the future of the service that you offer? What, what's the biggest picture you can imagine possible for your business?
1: Oh, my goodness. What a question. <laughs> um, there's quite a few things. I mean, in terms of the impact, the bigger goal is to almost – as ambitious as this may be is to almost just kind of change the way things are done at the moment so having been through everything with my mum and been through the NHS and seen the process of what happens I've seen that there's just there's so many kind of little things and little changes that could be made that could make such a huge difference to these women's lives um and I'm not even talking in terms of you know, spending millions and millions of pounds on all these fancy things. It's just really kind of the way things are done, you know, and the you communication. Mean from diagnosis, like from diagnosis time? Um kind like of yeah, kind yeah. of from like maybe just after, maybe even just after their surgery. Yeah. Um and just sort of giving them a wee bit of a, a kind of helping hand there. But yeah, so in terms of the impact impact that I would like To have or say sentiments to have that sort of the bigger picture um but also to make you know in terms of the kind of service that i i offer even it is it is very personalized you know in terms of going to people's homes and like you said it's almost a bit like personal shopping but almost to have mainstream i don't know how i would do this to be fair but this is what this is the the goal is just to have other retailers realise that it's such an important service, Yeah, you know, to have, like to be able to offer that to women um, because it's so common, you know, unfortunately, and so many women affected by it that there has to be something better out there, something, you know, that's more mainstream, I guess, you know, that they can walk into a Debenhams or a March and Spencer's or, House of Fraser and know that they're going to get this the service that they absolutely deserve.
0: Yeah. So
1: at the moment, if
0: somebody went into the likes of Marks and Spencers or House of Fraser and Debenhams, whatever, would, is there brass in those stores that are available, or is it still quite
1: specialised? Uh, yes, there are. So, Marks and Spencers do have a post-surgery um, collection. Yeah. Um, in terms of other places, like john lewis and um, they they tend to have more in online than they do in store yeah, yeah. yeah and what that's kind of um i suppose part of the issue is that a lot of women they want to you know, don't necessarily want to have to buy online you know they kind of want that kind of human contact and that personal service um and i know things are moving online and there, there is absolutely a place for it But I think for that initial fitting, that in terms of lingerie anyway, it's just, it's always going to have to be a face-to-face thing um, for someone to get the most out of it. But Marks and Spencer's do, they do a great job, you know, in terms of the selection that they have. um, And I do believe there is a fitting service there.
0: Yeah, um, I, know, well. I know they do have a fitting service, but what I'm wondering is, are their staff, if you know and your experience, if their staff are specifically trained
1: in that? I, I believe some of them are. I don't think they all are. Yeah. Yes, um, that's really from personal experience, mm. and it's also from what my clients tell me because. I would say nine out of my ten, nine out of ten times, all of my clients have been to, um, they've been to Marks and Spencer's, yeah, and a lot of the time they've maybe not had the best experience, and because of that, because that's what they're telling me, that kind of leads me to believe that perhaps the staff aren't trained as well as they perhaps should be, in terms of post-surgery and mastectomy fittings. Yeah, because I'm just thinking um, like
0: any time i've ever been for a benefit and and not just in Marks and spencers and other um, underwear shops as well you go in and some of them have no idea what it is they're doing they just put a tape measure in to say that's your size and leave you to it or they or or the complete opposite they are amazing at what they do and they'll spend loads of time with you and try different styles on and give you advice and it can be really really varied from person to person store to store there doesn't seem to be any kind of standardization of the service anywhere
1: no i i agree with you and i think that's that's one of the that's one of the things that i'm i'm striving to sort of give my clients is that they know you know we we have like a telephone consultation beforehand so it's not as if okay right i'm coming straight to your house we have a sort of we have a chat before we discuss everything they can get a feel for me you know whether they would be comfortable enough for me to fit them I tell them my background, I tell them my experience yeah. and they then make the decision if they want want me to come and fit them. Whereas just as you say, when you're going into a store, it's a little bit like Russian roulette. You really don't know who's going to be fitting you. You know, you could be really fortunate and have someone that is perhaps maybe been doing it for years or has the experience and the empathy and the understanding there and you could get the best fitting possible. Yeah. Or you could get someone who's maybe just started has maybe never even come across, you know, perhaps somebody with that has had breast cancer that has had scarring or any type of surgery, and they're maybe just a bit taken aback by it, and that can affect. That will affect the whole experience. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So what 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 would you say has been your best experience in terms of being fitted? For a bra? like what would you say the, the most important aspects are for you somebody that actually listens to you <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> you because know? like i've gone into and i've i've been fortunate i've never had um breast cancer or had any surgery so i'm talking just a normal client walking in to go yeah. and i need a bra and i think the best i can't even it may have been marcy spencer's and it was just somebody who absolutely it was a the girl was a younger girl and she was just so enthusiastic about making sure that the right bra was on the body and that it fitted and that there was no saggy pouches around the cups and that it fitted comfortably and nicely around the body because sometimes some of the bras, if they're too thin around the sides, can really dig in and the skin hangs over and under, and sometimes the boobs are hanging out the front or hanging out under your armpits. <laughs> it's just, I find brash shots very <laughs> traumatic, which is why I stopped. One of the reasons I stopped wearing them was like, I'm not doing this anymore, I hate it, it's so painful. <laughs> and that's just me as a, an un, untraumatized person, yes. I've had trauma caused. Yes. So for somebody who's already gone in, that's had an experience of surgery and has an experience of cancer. I can only imagine that they even could potentially be even more traumatized
1: by it. Yeah, I think they're just in such a vulnerable position. You know, like bra fitting in itself is is quite an intimate thing, and it's a big thing. I think anyway to allow somebody to fit you and to allow them into the, your sort of personal space. Yeah. Um, and I think you really need to kind of trust that person, you know, and that you know that they're going to, that they are going to listen to you and listen to your needs and your considerations and not just sort of kind of dismiss you. Um, and I think that's kind of going back, you know, when you're, when you, when you ask me sort of what, you know, what kind of impact would I like to have? I think if I were able to, get into to sort of, in terms of the, the timeline of events for a woman, like if I can get in a little bit earlier so that they don't have these negative ex- fitting experiences. Yeah. Because what I find is like you, that, that word traumatic is just so right because they will, like a lot of the time they'll have these traumatic experiences in a fitting room and then they never go back. Yeah. and they just keep and it's just like oh like I'm, I'm not going back there I can't go through that again yeah. you know so yeah. then they just sort of resort to you know kind of putting up with whatever they've got or trying to muddle through it and um, whereas if I feel like if I can get in earlier you know and kind of almost just take their hands and walk them through the process and help them then they're not it's going to make them feel a lot more comfortable going for another graphite and instead of shying away from it yeah and if
0: you've taught them some of the things that they need to know, and you've already given that that level of education, if they went in to a shop to buy off the shelf, then they know yeah. they have a better idea. So that if they then have somebody assisting them, they can almost educate the person that's assisting them. If they don't have that knowledge,
1: a hundred percent. And that that is my aim with every single client is that by the end, by the by the end of the fitting, not only are they in. They're going to be in lingerie that that fits them well and that they're comfortable, but they're actually armed with the knowledge that they need to go out and make a decision. And even if they never, even if they never came back to me again, which you know I hope that never happens, but if it means that they could walk into March and Spencer's or any other store and be like, "Okay, this is what I need," yeah, and and ask for it and demand it, you know, instead of sort of relying on that other person's expertise to. To kind of guide them when sometimes that isn't always there
0: yeah definitely definitely because the less traumatic any experience can be the better it is for everyone
1: definitely yeah. definitely Yep. Yeah. yeah it's so fascinating it's just it's so important to you know we all want to look good but when you feel good, you know, that feeling is just, is priceless. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: You know, you, yeah. Can't, you can't put a price on that. And when you feel good, it just sort of, it kind of radiates into every other part of part of your life. And we all deserve it. You know, whether we've had surgery or not, or being illnesses or not, we all deserve that. Absolutely. Yeah. And then the if everybody's
0: feeling good, that creates that ripple effect that it then helps. It helps you do better in whatever the tasks are that you do in your life, which then has an impact on somebody else's life, which has an impact and it's just that ongoing ripple effect.
1: Yeah, it is. It's just almost kind of like paying it forward, I suppose, isn't it? When you feel yeah. good, you want to just like keep passing it on and just keep keep that feeling going as many people as
0: possible. Yeah, yeah. It's so amazing. Is there anything else that you want to share about what you do?
1: Um, oh!
0: <laughs> no <laughs> pressure. No <laughs> pressure. <laughs> just, I'm just trying to think of. I can't think of, of any other questions just now. So I'm just thinking: Is there anything else that you want to say that I've completely missed that you're thinking this is really important to mention? Um, my goodness,
1: I can't. To be honest, we've, we've covered, covered a lot it. of it. Most yeah. of so I would say, there isn't anything that I'm thinking oh my goodness I never got to say that yeah. um yeah it's just yeah and how is your mum doing my mum is fine now thank yeah. you she's, she's doing well um she finished her treatment back in March um and now she's just she's on hormone treatments now so even though after the surgery the chemo and the radiotherapy it's for many women it goes on for years because they tend to get put on hormone treatments Yeah, um, and she's she's had she's got a few side effects from it but nothing major um, and we're just trying to yeah she's she's, she's fine um, but just I think this time because it was this time last year that everything was happening yeah you know yeah. it was like right in the slap bang middle of everything and I'm just thinking you know a year down the line and the difference like oh my goodness it's just just makes you really appreciative and grateful you know to kind of just have to have your health yeah health is if you don't have your
0: health you don't have anything i posted i had shared a post this morning um on linkedin and it was the guy from that's like the ceo of reddit the, sort of really? blogging, the blogging website and he was talking about the entrepreneurial hustle and how it's all bullshit and that people are just making themselves really sick because they're this constant drive 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 and it's yeah. and I keep meeting meeting women and even men as well that are doing so much because they think that that's what they need to and it's like if I'm, if I'm not hustling I'm not I'm not winning and they're making themselves sick from it and I did that to myself like I worked So much, and wouldn't take rests, and because I loved what I was doing, and I didn't allow any downtime, and I ended up making myself unwell, which then meant I couldn't do my job for nearly six months. And it's only when you get that, and you're like, "Shit! If I had just played this game a bit more sensibly, I could have looked after my health a little bit better." And there will always be things that come up, and illnesses that come up that you have zero control over, even if you're living the most balanced life. There's yep. just environmental factors that we have no control over. But if you're giving yourself the, the best basis, ground, to be able to look after yourself so that you're a bit
1: more resilient with your health, and then it can come back a bit better. Yeah. It's, it is. It's just it's so important to look after yourself. And I think not only having, you know, kind of seeing my mum's experiences, but just you know yourself when you're, when you're self-employed and you're you're running a business, it's It's so easy to run yourself into the ground. And I, I was quite fortunate that, you know, I, kinda, I suppose I kind of started the, the journey of being self-employed, maybe not, so it was last January. So January of 2017 was when I kind of started working towards the business. And I was like, I kind of threw myself into the, the entrepreneurial world, so to speak. And there was a lot about, mindset and looking after yourself and I think I'm, I'm quite lucky that I've had some good guidance along the way mm. and I've, from the start I've kind of made a point of not doing the, the hustle you know and working 24-7 which I think would be so easy to do like yeah you know I, I think when, when you're self-employed you're fortunate enough to dictate your own schedule so I kind of What I don't like doing is cramming a million things into a day when I can space it out over the course of a week. Yeah. You know, and actually take time to do things properly instead of just jumping from one thing to the next and not being able, not only not being able to do it properly, but just not being able to appreciate what you're actually doing at the time. Yeah, definitely.
0: And then being able to sit back for a minute and go, look at all that stuff that I've done. Look how far I've come. Look at the impact I'm having. Because if you're on the what's next, what's next, what's next, all the time, you don't get an opportunity to appreciate that for a second.
1: No, definitely. Like, I think I had a bit of a a a bit of wake-up call last week. I actually had a, um, a panic attack last week for the first time. Yeah. And it was something – I do have some – I do get anxiety anyway, but usually I can kind of keep it sort of under control. And then last week – it was last Wednesday – I could feel – something building up in me but it was just because I knew I had so much to do it was just one of those days yeah and I was putting the pressure on myself you know being like you've got to do this you that, that 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 and it was swirling and swirling and it just totally spiraled and then after it happened and I managed to I I've kind of brought myself back down I then thought what the world isn't going to end if you don't get that room tidied you know yep. the world isn't going to end if you don't send out that email and sometimes it just kind of uh, takes getting to that point for you to kind of realize like yeah but there are many people that just keep having panic attacks and don't address
0: it yeah <laughs> which is scary it's like no if having one you take a step back and go right what was I doing wrong there what pressure was I putting on myself what was what was the thing that triggered that to happen was that I've only had one panic attack myself
1: uh-huh. And
0: it was um it was quite a long time ago now, back about two thousand and one, around yeah, in two thousand and one I had one and it was when I was getting ready to go and live abroad and I was down at a training course for the job that I was going to do and I went out and I just yeah. I could hear my the voice inside my head going, Oh my god, what are you doing? Oh my god, what are you doing? Oh my god, you're gonna go and live abroad all by yourself and blah 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 and it just and I was just like oh my god and I went and sat in the toilet and I could feel everything spinning and I couldn't get a breath but one of the other girls that was on the course had had kind of noticed that that was happening she came in and just sat with me in the toilet and talked me back down and talked me around it I was just like oh my god I don't want to experience that again
1: yeah it's just it is not a pleasant experience at all like and I I think being I would say I'm quite quite self-aware so I kind of knew I knew what I had to do to kind of bring myself out. And I knew that I had to actually speak to somebody. Yes. So I was messaging friends, but it just so happened. It was five to five in the afternoon when everybody was like finishing work and getting ready to leave. And I was like, oh my goodness, who am I going to speak to? And luckily one of like, my best friend lives in London and she, I was messaging her, she picked up my messages and she called me straight away. And she did, she managed to kind of talk me down, but I knew I had to speak to somebody. I knew I needed that. You know someone to do that because I just wasn't going to be able to bring myself out of it, yeah. Um, but big lesson learned, you know, it's just because looking back on it, I'm like, those were just stupid little tasks, you know, it wasn't anything major by yeah. any means, but in my head, it was just, just like the biggest thing in the world at the time, yeah. Yeah, and then you're like, yeah. and then my, I was telling my friend, I was like, it's because you're coming over, and I was like, I had to tidy your room. <laughs>
0: You can pass the blame to somebody else.
1: <laughs> She's like, Well leave it a mess then. But I was like, I won't just do that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she can tidy it up when she comes
1: exactly.
0: You're not cheap. So if people want to know more about your services, where is the best place for them to find you?
1: So um at the moment I I do a little bit of guest speaking for breast cancer care. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have a program called the Moving Forward Programme. Yeah. Um, and part of so the Moving Forward Programme is really, it's aimed towards women who have f- almost been discharged from hospital, so to speak, you know, finished all their hospital treatment. And now it's about kind of moving forward with their lives with confidence. Yeah. And it's four sessions a month. Um, and one of the sessions tends to be and prosthesis. And that's the one that I take. So, I deliver the one in Lanarkshire, um, which takes place in Hamilton. It tends to be quarterly, so kind of three, three times, three, four times a year. Um, they can find out more information there. There's also my website, um, sendsentiments.co.uk. Um, it is being updated at the moment with the services side of things. At the moment, it's just the e-commerce shop. Yeah, um, but I'm updating it with everything to do with the services, which isn't currently on there. Um, but I also have Facebook and Instagram, um, which are also sent intimates And anybody who's looking for any more information can um, send me a message or give me a call. Yeah, um, and I'm happy to just to have a chat. Cool. Well, I'll put the details of that into the show notes so that anybody can just click
0: and find you straight away. Yeah, that yeah. went straight for you. All okay. right, so I am going to wrap up the podcast there. So thank you very,
1: very much for being on. Thank you for having me. I really
0: And thank you so, so much to Mandy for giving us some time to share more information about what it is that she does and how she can help women who've had breast cancer. It's such an important service and something that until I had met Mandy it hadn't even crossed my mind as something that would be an issue. So thank you so much for not only coming on to the podcast but also for the work that you do It is making an impact and a really positive one on these women's lives and also the ripple effect that that takes going forward. So you may have noticed at the start of the podcast I didn't introduce myself as Warrior Women and Jane and I didn't mention Warrior Women project in the podcast. You will find out why next week so definitely tune in for that if you haven't already subscribed remember now is the time to subscribe so that you don't miss any of the future updates and if you've got any questions comments feedback fire them over to me either send me a message on facebook instagram send me an email jen at warriorwomenproject.com. i'm still using that that email just now um And if you love the podcast, remember to like it on SoundCloud or give us a five-star review over on Instagram. And it just helps other people be able to find the podcast when we like, comment and share on it. So if you could please, please do that, it would be amazing because I don't get paid for these podcasts. So anything that you can do to help would be greatly, greatly appreciated. So until next week, have an awesome one.